Danielle Jenkins, what are we talking about today? Giving people insight and some advice if their businesses are struggling and not making sales right now. We all go through ebbs and flows in our businesses where some days you have amazing sales, some days you have no sales, some months you have amazing sales, and some months you have none. So we want to give a little bit of insight about what happens if you are struggling, not making sales right now, and what to do about it. I think it's a great topic. I think the first thing, Danielle, that I'd like to put out there is I think people need to ask themselves, are they really doing the best job at sales? So if you're a small business listening to this or a startup, are you really doing everything you can to get sales? Because at the end of the day, what we're really talking about here, sales could be a problem throughout your sales funnel. It could be Mm -hmm. that you don't have enough leads in the beginning, you don't have enough leads coming in at the top of your funnel, or it could be you have a ton of leads coming into your funnel and you're not converting them, or you could have a ton of leads coming into your funnel and they're the wrong leads. Mm -hmm. And I think you need to first ask, one, am I doing, the reason I bring up, are you doing your best job? Because when I haven't had sales, sometimes I just need to zoom back out because I've been so involved in the business. I'm like, okay, well, did I reach out to five people today? Did I reach out to five people? Like, If you didn't reach out to five people, you're probably not doing the best job at sales. So right. you need to ask yourself that. And then second is to look at your funnel and say, sales funnel, and mm-hmm. say, where is the problem coming? It's, and it's, really, it's a sales funnel that starts with marketing and mm-hmm. say, where is my problem? Right. And analyzing the situation um, as to why you're not getting those sales. I mean, We've all experienced, again, those low times, those high times. So what were you doing in the high times? Was it because of what you were doing? Was it because of a rush in the economy, a trend? Who knows? Um, or if you're not getting those sales, why are you not getting the sales? Could it be what you're doing? Like you said, you need to zoom out, analyze what you're doing, what's not working, what is working. Or could it be economy? Then do you have to pivot? Do you have to adjust what you're doing? And that's been a huge one, especially with, as we all know, the world changed over the last few years. And some companies totally diminished during that time because they didn't pivot. They didn't adjust to what was happening. They didn't analyze the situation. They just knew that shit was going crazy. And they did not analyze, look back, think what they could do to adjust and pivot and make those sales. We did really well during that time because we adjusted, we pivoted, we got certified in certain things, we offered different products, but some failed. So that is such such an important point to the first step in in what's happening when you're not making sales and, and what to do about it. You need to look at the situation and figure out what is happening. Yeah, and that starts, just to break it down for people specifically, I would start, at the top of my, and I call it funnel, and I know it's overused, but it's at the top of my funnel where I'm getting leads. So the question becomes, am I getting enough leads? If the answer is I'm getting, well, let's not use the word enough. Am I getting a lot of leads? Mm -hmm. If the answer is yes, the next question, and you're still not getting sales, the question is, okay, uh, is it a conversion issue? Am I not converting them? Is my follow-up process not good, um, whatever that may be. And if the answer is, well, no, then you got to fix that. Then the answer is, well, I'm getting a lot of leads, but we're not converting any of those leads. The question is, who are those leads? 
I think too often in today's day and age, a lot of businesses, especially small businesses, engage with these online marketing company uh, marketing companies that say, "Hey, Danielle, I'll get you all this traffic." And it's really not about getting all of this traffic. It's really about getting the right traffic mm-hmm. that has buyer intent for the product or service that you're selling. If we get you a bunch of leads for cleaning swimming pools, <laughs> that's probably not going to convert at Domestic Divas Cleaning Company into cleaning your house. It's right. going So in that case, you have a ton of leads. They're the wrong leads. And now you got to figure out how to get the right leads. And yeah. That's the important part of this process to understand. And if you're not, if you are getting the qualified leads for your target audience, why aren't you converting? Meaning, where is the breakdown? Is the breakdown happening in a uh, online signup process? Sometimes you have too many screens. We call that the waterfall. And if you have a, a very long waterfall, then you can basically just every screen, you can start ticking off. Uh, the amount of people who will fall off your sign-up process. Literally, yeah. you can watch it. The other thing, I, I, I read something the other day from a friend on Twitter, and he said that they inc- they did some tweaks to their website. I know I'm talking about website stuff right now, but a lot of people do that online. And they increased the speed of their website. They didn't do anything else. They just in- enhanced their server. I think they did some settings on Cloudflare, which we're not going to get into. Maybe we'll do another episode some other time about, but they basically increased their website speed and saw an increased conversion. I, I think it was around 15% wow. at the conversion. Now, realize that 15% is at the end of their funnel, which is still huge. So these are the things that you've got to look at. I will tell you that when the online website that I ran, my first company that I did after the lemonade stand and a few other like <laughs> uh, a few other things it was i redid our website and i changed the font and the font actually caused a problem and i surveyed everybody and i said well what's wrong and they said i i can't explain it to you but it just doesn't feel right anymore they just don't like it and i changed the font i did not do anything else yeah, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, I love it!" And I've seen that happen in another person's business. Uh, uh, I was looking at an invoicing business. This guy I met a long time ago built a website that did invoicing for small, medium-sized businesses. Basically, just like this very simple online site where you can create an invoice for a customer, which can still like it's a pain in the butt to create invoices for customers, even if you use QuickBooks, it can mm-hmm. be. And he increased his conversion rate by changing his font. So that's where I really, that hit me. And that's mm-hmm. actually what, he, what I, I had experienced previous to that. But you don't think these little things matter. Colors matter. So where totally. in the funnel, now we're down deep in the funnel into sign-up process for you, Danielle. Maybe your salesperson isn't handling the right objections. So you need to write new objection list mm-hmm. for your, for lack of a better word, telesales people or customer service people who are taking those sales calls to be able to handle objections better. So, And and I just want to add to that, Brandon, you're so right about having that. And we talk a lot about having scripts and things like that for your sales. It's so, so, so important, but we do have to adjust those again, back to 
analyzing and adjusting and pivoting. Because for example, during the pandemic, when we were getting objections, we were obviously tailoring our objection responses to, well, you know, you can have a disinfected home, a safe home, a stress-free, safe, disinfected home if you were to hire our company, where now it's not such a big deal. So now we really then pivoted to now because mental health and stress at work is such a bad or such a prominent thing. It is a bad thing, but it's very prominent right now in the world. We have tailored our objections to we can help you after an insane day at work, you're going to come home to a stress-free zen-like environment without having to lift a finger. And so with our objections, and it sounds silly, but it, it, it's totally relevant to how you adjust things. And that's just down to objections. Imagine everything else that you have to look at dependent on time of the era or time of the day, whatever it looks like. There's so many important things to look at. I agree. The other thing, you need to measure your net promoter score, which we can do an episode on at some point. But that net promoter score is a very simple score that has industry standards that you basically ask your customers how they would rate you on one to 10. 10 is super hard. So uh, I don't want to, even nine and eights are hard to be quite honest with you. You'd be surprised in some industries that the standard is fours and fives. Wow. It doesn't, doesn't mean they're terrible. It just means that that's the industry standard sort of for that. But if you can get your net promoter score, then that's how you can also, what you can also use to figure out and diagnose what's, what the issue with sales are. If you start getting a low net promoter score relative to your industry, which they do publish, this is a standard that they, put out there, then you can say, okay, it is clearly something. It, it could it could be the the, the customer service uh, isn't as good. It could be your sign-up process. It could be a hundred different mm-hmm. things. The other thing I'd say, just for listeners so that they have something actionable they can do after this episode, is call your current customers and ask them why they bought and was there any friction in the process that they felt like they had to get through that could have been made easier. Mm-hmm. And all too often, I think we try to diagnose all of these, all these other things. But at the end of the day, really all the knowledge is with current customers yes. and customers who didn't sign up. Now, I understand it's hard to get the customers that didn't sign up, but if you lose a sale, <clears throat> I don't think it's bad to actually ask that person, Hey Danielle, why? no problem. Uh, can you just tell us why? Tell me why, mm-hmm. for feedback purposes, this doesn't work for you. And mm-hmm. there lies your answer. And I think too often business owners feel like they are going to manage from an office. I'm not saying all, but the real answers to all of your business issues, problems, challenges sits in your potential customer base that you're talking to and your current customers, all mm-hmm. the all the knowledge. And I don't think as a business owner, you can expect that that is going to get translated to you through even one manager layer completely yeah. accurate. The way is, is that you've got to get on into the onto the floor, so to speak, and speak to the customers. And that's what's going to give you. I know my friend runs... Uh, he doesn't disclose his revenue, but I know it's 10 million plus SaaS com- software as a service company. Mm-hmm. For one month, Danielle, all he did 
was call all his current customers to get feedback. He he wow. did not he he eliminated only ne- only absolutely necessary meetings in his business. I maybe I, he might have fifty or hundred employees. I I don't know exactly, but for for a whole month, I only mentioned that to say that someone listening to this is like, oh well, Brandon, I have seventy five employees. I can't do that. He did it, and the reason is is because there's actually nothing more important to that business yeah. than doing that. And uh, his name's Ben, and um, I'm supposed to go to lunch with him. I actually need to send him a message today, but uh, we were supposed to connect. But I learned that lesson, and I think it's super important, and mm-hmm. there probably is no more valuable thing than you'll do as it relates to the topic we're talking about is diagnosing your sales than talking to current and, and if you can, potential customers. But those are such important things. It's totally relevant because if you're not making any sales, whether you're a startup and you're just struggling to get your first sales, or if you've been doing a few hundred thousand or a few million and your sales are declining, you need to ask why. These are so so important to look at. And just to your point before we move on to the next one in regards to um, figuring out why you lose a sale, we also have something like that. I mean, we have a fantastic training program. It doesn't mean things are always going to be 100% with service. We're always trying to implement better things, do better. Of course, customer service is our number one thing. But if we lose a, a client or a client says, hey, I'm going to have to cancel my services, we have that script that goes back and says, hey, no problem at all. If you don't mind sharing, does it have to do with a personal reason? Feel free to share or not. Or does it come down to the service? And if it does come down to the service, please elaborate so we can train on it and do better for the next client. And nine times out of 10, it does come back that, you know, financial issues, personal issues, they're moving, whatever that looks like. But there have been a couple of times where it's like, you know what, the days that you guys can offer is not suitable with my business. So in the future, when things change, we'll have you back. But at least now we know um, there has been one time where it's like, you know what, I'm just not getting what I thought I was paying for huge eye-opener. We can totally work on that. So then we had that conversation as to why. And really, it just came down to timing and things like that, just different expectations. But then we could then implement our onboarding process or sorry, improve our onboarding process with the client to improve the communication as to what they will be getting and so on and so forth. So even then, we yes, we lost the client, but it was so valuable to learn those things and implement for better. And since then, we haven't had an issue. So those are super duper important things um, in regards to your clients uh, or knowing where your clients are at and, and taking that as part of your adjustment or pivoting and implementing better things. So um, that kind of leads into the next one is going from that to focusing on marketing. This can be anything as email newsletters, email lists, online presence, social media presence, um, freebies, giveaways, anything like that just to get out there and get omnipresent. I think that's a, a great suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true. It is so true. Well, I, and, I, and I think as I'm thinking about this for listeners, as we start to wrap up here, if I were having trouble with sales or building out a sales process or something, from scratch, I would get on my whiteboard as I look over towards my whiteboard and I would put a timeline and Mm -hmm. I would say, here's where we start. Here's where we end. Here's the steps we currently have in between, which includes what you just talked about, right? So at the beginning of that timeline, you would have this omni-channel thing, which could be Facebook ads, 
Instagram ads. It could be uh, SEO, search engine optimization, organic search. It could be um, Google ads. It could be um, radio ads. It could be TV ads. It could be direct mail. Uh, it could be email list. It could be uh, word of mouth even. Those are sort of the things on your left-hand side that you have feeding the leads. And then start your process. Where is each mm-hmm. one of those landing or where are you directing them? And basically map this out on a whiteboard. Uh, you could do it on your computer. I tend to think that doing it on a whiteboard, especially if you have someone and if you work remote, you could even have a camera facing your whiteboard, which I find useful. And go walk through that. And you're going to be able to diagnose these problems that we talked about. And then focus on those and test them in a way that are is testable. So if you mm-hmm. change four things in this process and you're not measuring those four things, it could be hard to figure out what actually worked. And now you're in this, like, something worked. I don't know what worked. Whereas if you can very syst- be systematic and say, okay, and we do this a- actually in the financial business that we, that we just started, we'll say one day, here's what we're going to do. We're going to mm-hmm. actually use this script in sales. The next day, we're going to use this script. And then we can measure results and mm-hmm. uh, understand what happened. But I really think getting up to the whiteboard, mapping this out is going to help you diagnose where your, where your challenges are. And at the end of the day, like, don't be scared to pick up the phone, call your current customers. Mm-hmm. There's, the, the, the response you'll get, even from a customer that canceled, getting a call from the owner is huge. Totally. 100%. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Anything else to add while we, as we um, wrap up? Maybe just some little pointers here. I mean, if you want to just increase sales, obviously, or sorry, not increase, but, you know, get more if you're not getting any, um, obviously analyzing the problem, but then going from there, collaborating, networking, going to a free event that your town, and these are all like so silly little things, but they're not silly. Like they are tiny things, but networking, getting your name out there, doing an Instagram live, doing an Instagram story. Again, just people seeing your name, your business name, what you're doing, what you're offering, host a free webinar, Q and A session. I see so many amazing realtors actually, they're doing like free information sessions, like come and have a cocktail and learn about buying your first home. Sounds silly, but that is getting your network out there. It's so important. That's that's a, a funnel. That's a lead source. Um, innovate and adapt. Another thing, obviously, with economy, like we talked about with the pandemic, all of those things. And then seek a professional mentor or a professional business coach or something. And I know that sometimes can be... Um, daunting or there's like a gazillion business coaches out there. So obviously do your research, but if you have an actual professional business financial coach or mentor, they will be able to assist with what Brandon and I were just talking about in regards to where you're at, why this is happening. Are your, you know, your pricing, your services, just everything. There is so much that we could dive into on this topic, but we just wanted to give you that little tidbit of information that we just talked about for, you know, 15 minutes just to see if those things are helping you. You know, if you are not making the sales that you want to make, have a look and why, why is that happening? Um, and, and there's so many answers and reasons, but you really just need to deep dive into that and pull it apart and, and see what you're doing. And I think that's, that's the beginning of a very, very long process. It is. Well, that's a yeah. wrap for today, Danielle. If you enjoyed this episode, thanks for listening. Leave us a review. 
and send us your comments. Uh, if you've used something in one of our episodes, this or other ones, and we'll give a shout out to you in one of the episodes from that feedback. Thanks, Daniel. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brandon. I hope everybody got valuable information from this. Bye, everyone.